This is the Software and Technology Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. The more diversity of thought of the people working at tech companies, the better. The blockchain idea was around 91, the same idea of in the digital world, we need verifiable documents. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Market Scale Radio, where we explore some of the most important trends, issues, and technologies in various B2B industries. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the show. As you're maneuvering today's conversation, make sure that you're subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And probably more importantly, make sure you're going to our website, marketscale.com, for a full breakdown of our various industry verticals and our various shows, including Market Scale Radio, but more industry vertical content where we explore thought leadership from various industries, including edtech, architecture, retail, hospitality, and more. So on today's episode of the podcast, we're exploring trends, challenges, and opportunities for growth with Enterprise Audio Capture. And we're rejoined by a guest and company that we've had on several times to discuss similar tangential topics. But for a little more context here before we introduce our guest, most industries have at this point found some use in audio capture software for either sales or customer service calls. There are many different applications where you see this technology launched, all in order to add a layer of oversight and insightful data to fine-tune their external and internal communications. With COVID's acceleration of the decentralized workplace, though, the need to audit and make the most of software and technology investments across an entire organization and its various many moving pieces has come back into focus in resounding focus. So with the podcast today, we're wanting to ask the questions, where does enterprise level audio capture fit into the scaled businesses of today? Why is audio capture software a useful investment? What value does it bring to an enterprise operation? And how do you launch it with an enterprise need, a scaled need in mind? Well, here to give us a look into the future for audio capture technology is a frequent guest of market scales, co-founder and CEO of Orex, Mr. Steve Kaiser. Steve, great to have you on. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Daniel. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, real pleasure getting to chat again. Thank you so much for joining us on another podcast and exploring some more audio capture thought leadership. So let's start by just giving some more context to our audience. When we speak about audio capture in general uh, and enterprise audio capture, what categorizes an enterprise launch versus a standard launch? Are there clear cut definitions like you cross over from one section to another and now suddenly, yes, you have upgraded, you are launching an enterprise uh, deployment of audio capture or is it pretty self-defined? What do you see? Well, I, I when. Probably the best way to think of it, when call recording first started way back in the 70s, actually, it was reel-to-reel equipment used by public safety officials to record those uh, calls they had. And then call centers, you know, the help desks, and they really, really weren't even called call centers at that point. They started using call recording as a way to improve their quality. And eventually, it it morphed into probably three reasons, CPR, compliance, performance, and risk management, and mostly in call centers. Enterprises would be uh, a superset of the call center. And what's happened over time, in particular the last several years, is that 
the chief marketing officer or the chief sales officer, or the chief customer experience officer, um, you know, that person is now deciding that it would be useful to record everybody's phone across the enterprise to get a holistic view of the customer, of the employee experience, of the customer experience, of the vendor experience, and improve their organizations using it at an enterprise level like that. So essentially, it moves out of the call center and into the enterprise. And it probably the simplest way to think of it, it's, uh, it becomes ubiquitous like voicemail. Everybody has voicemail on their phone. Well, now everybody has call recording on their phone because uh, there's a lot more functionality they can layer on top of call recording today than they could 20 or 10, 15, 20 years ago. So that's probably it in a nutshell. It's how do you take a strategic view of looking at all that voice data you have in your organization and how do you begin to add some structure and meaning to it so you can repurpose and use it for the benefit of the organization and your customers? Well, it sounds like that push towards enterprise has been a bit of a natural one uh, and one that um, doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon because of its link with growth and technology and growth and needs uh, with, with just the sort of scale that naturally has grown with this kind of technology. So I'm curious then, are you seeing more enterprise businesses as of late evaluate audio capture for the first time or reevaluate their existing audio capture system to go more enterprise or has much of this enterprise transition already happened? Give us your view there. Well, I think it's probably a two-part view. Some of the people that have moved to the cloud, and maybe that's a private cloud, uh, a private provider of communications as a service, you know, somebody, a company like Nextiva or Vonage or even Comcast. When you move to the cloud, then that becomes a feature set like voicemail that you can click on and say you want it. So that's probably a real simple way to look at it. But I, I think probably the more kind of the, like the real world experience, if you're that multinational company and you've got, you know, 10 operating divisions, you may be recording with 10 different systems in 10 different countries for 10 different reasons. And now you're taking a step back and say, wait a minute. You know, this, this COVID thing really exposed my lack of agility in terms of my operations and my communications because I went from a kind of a, a command center sort of communications to a distributed one. Uh, you know, when I moved to that distributed communications, I lost control of my workflow and some of the data that went with there. And importantly, I lost track of my customer and my employee experience through that whole thing. So I lost track of my ability to manage my business. So where enterprise recording comes in, they're saying, hey, I don't want 11 systems. I want a single system that can scale for my needs, that can be managed as a single system. I want command and control over the system, over the data. I want to be able to uh, use the data with any third-party system that can help me organize and structure that data to create more meaning for the enterprise. And that can be everything from hey, real-time security checking, I mean, authenticating voices, uh, workflow helping uh, yeah, of agents or, uh, or just regular employees through the operation. Uh, it could be analytics applied either during the call or post-call that give some 
kind of definition or prescription about how to satisfy this customer's needs. So the we've definitely seen an uptick on enterprise is saying I record my enterprise now in various systems. I want to unify the command and control of that entire system. And with that control, I want to be able to uh, access and and choose third parties to collaborate with to leverage this data and add structure and meaning to it. Let's rewind the clock slightly and just get a view of how enterprise audio capture has been utilized over the years uh, in some of the applications where you've already seen it integrated at scale. I'm curious what the traditional role of enterprise audio capture has been and whether or not that has changed. Um, If it has changed, what roles have been changed and how have they been shaped by any market or regulatory factors? Give us that lay of the land. Well, I think recording, and there's really two approaches to uh, looking at enterprise class recording there, there's one side of the argument that says you go to a single vendor and they try and satisfy all your needs. So if you remember this, this goes back to the days of CRM where you would put in these heavy systems with lots of professional services, lots of special training for people to use it, and you try and squeeze value out of this thing. And Maybe they did 80% of what you what you needed, but some of the 20% were things you were making compromises on to get to the point you wanted to be. But it's like, hey, you know, this is the best solution for the matrix of uh, of of, uh, of uh, activities that we need. So the newer systems are on the other side of the equations. Those are the systems uh, that are modern and open. And what they're saying is the modern and openness and modularity of our application lends itself to agility, lends itself to any kind of use case. And then part of that comes when you're modern and open and modular like that is the other part of it is we give you control over the quality access and who you collaborate with the data. So now you can start making decisions about what you're going to do with your data as opposed to trying, you know, you know, choose from the menu that a customer gave you or a vendor gave you. Now you can choose from a worldwide menu of ecosystem partners that do some of the things that you wanted to do. So you liberate yourself from a, a proprietary um, constricted system to a modern and open system. And once you do that, you, you liberate yourself to the uh, to the world global community of, of developers. So if you were a multinational with a German operation and you don't have a tool set, you know, you buy a North American based tool set for your workforce optimization uh, is what they call it, you know, that proprietary set, but it doesn't do German well, well, you know, tough luck. Now, if you're in a modern and open system and your German subsidiary knows there's a company in Germany that really does well in the things they need to do, well, all you have to do is share the data with them and you get your result uh, efficiently and probably for a lot less money than that, that other world. So that gives you a little bit of sense of the, the two camps out there. Um, I, I think if you were looking at, you know, how it's evolved, and, and this goes back to the cloud, is... Uh, the the spillover effect of people essentially being a, able to rent or lease unlimited CPU power from people like uh, uh, Azure or from uh, AWS that gives them the ability now to say, hey, you know, I no longer 
am conf- I no longer have to be a giant company to have, think about enterprise recording because I can borrow from, I, I, I can I, I can lease CPU and other capabilities, infrastructures, a service from these big players, and I'm no longer bound by geography because these guys have a global presence. So wait, so then would you say that technological innovation then was the the big thing that has uh, I guess pushed enterprise audio forward or has really been the core driving factor that has changed its use and uh, spread? Yeah, I think that's a good insight, Daniel, because if you think about it this way, if call recording is going to be as common as voicemail, voicemail is a pretty basic application. Call recording, some people, you know, it's, let's, I don't want to undersell it. There's a lot of uh, nuance and a lot of intellectual capital that goes with figuring out how to work with all the various systems around there. I mean, that takes like decades to, to learn properly, but at its core, if you think of uh, call recording as a layer, a fundamental building layer in your software stack that comes right after your telephony system, and then you know if you have that fundamental layer there and you don't bog it down with all the other applications on top of it, you can pick the person that does structuring the data best. You can pick the person that does the best real-time automation. You can pick the person that does the best customer experience management. You can pick the person that's got the best speech analytics tools. And so all those things in the stack that are above call recording now are choices that you can make as opposed to buying a single stack and being happy with that single stack from a single vendor. So I think the fact that the cloud came up has allowed all those people, you know, all those organizations, that ecosystem to leverage all that CPU now. And now they can say, I have the, you know, I have the brightest engineers in the world when it comes to voice to text because I came from Carnegie Mellon and we, we invented this stuff and here you go, guys. And now they're a layer. They can use Amazon or they can use, uh, as I said, Microsoft Azure or something like that. And, and now there's no restraints on those guys providing that capability at an enterprise level and so on all the way up the chain. So you're absolutely right. The, I think the scale of, uh, of, of technology and the advent of cloud and the infrastructure as a service component of that has really enabled organizations to to uh, spring forward in, in the design and, and, and capture of audio and making meaning out of it and structuring that information in useful ways. Just to expand on this a little bit more before we continue, um, since most enterprise audio capture is being leveraged with uh, services like AWS or Azure in mind uh, because of the natural sort of ability to lease out that space and scale without investing in your own server network and server physical infrastructure. Do you see any future where uh, folks do invest in those systems themselves to achieve enterprise audio capture uh, or, you know, any other network needs? Basically, is there any sort of um, business value in investing in those things in a proprietary way or will it always be more economical to just rent that space from an AWS well you know that's probably that's a good question because you need to be careful <laughs> because the way those models are built if you're 
if you're not disciplined in your approach and building out your capabilities and and leasing and, and, and being efficient with the design of your architecture, then it will cost a lot of money to run your operations on that. However, if you are, and in part the, the costs are being borne by, you know, the, the argument is to the, the enterprise customer is, you know, you lose, you don't have to maintain any data related to call recording anymore. That's going to be maintained by Amazon. Oh, by the way, Amazon has the all the security compliance requirements around the world are met with their system and uh, therefore you don't even need people to maintain it. So it becomes just a, it's a cost benefit equation at some point where it, it'll be pretty hard to beat that if you're doing it at scale. You know, if you're a smaller entity, it, it'll be more difficult, I think, because of just the, the complexity and cost to get it going. It's not as simple as just ordering something. It's it's the design and the architecture, and it's figuring it all out. So I think it's it 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 probably is going to it's not going to be less scaled. They're going to grow, and the more they grow, the more benefit they'll be able to deliver to a wider audience. So I think what eventually happens is, is relative to call recording is you'll have a programming interface, a standards based like REST RESTful API that connects with Amazon Cognitive Services or AWS Connect or Google or proprietary uh, uh, platforms like Nextiva or Vonage that are looking to ingest information and then create some other meaning from that, uh, structure that meaning or structure that, that voice data for their customer's benefit. So then it becomes more of, at least from our perspective, you build the engine for the audio capture, and then you build the tool set to allow people to manage and control that application, either in their environment with their applications, uh, a third-party control through something that's meaningful and useful for them, or through another third-party, you know, a public third-party that that you're uh, renting or leasing a system from, so they can do that for you, or you can you can do that on their platform. That makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I think a lot of that's just going to pan out to cost as well. I have a feeling that the cost of some of these enterprise networks or, you know, even just data centers, uh, even just small sort of uh, proprietary servers. I mean, they, they don't even have to be that huge. They could be one or two um, several terabyte drives on a QNAP, you know, but, but I, I think... I think that is all going to be dependent on the cost. And I have a feeling that a lot of those services will continue to get cheaper as technology, per usual, innovates, gets more robust, and uh, does so with less materials, with a smaller literal physical footprint, and uh, at less cost. So I think if that trend continues, especially for the data and data center world, maybe we'll see more companies try to take on that challenge themselves. Yeah. And I think, you know, just evidence of that would be if you looked at our, our, uh, we can, our customers, we call them our partners because, you know, we, the people that we deal with are the, uh, CTOs and, the the network architects and, uh, lead engineers, senior engineers. And, and these are the roughly speaking, the, you know, cloud communication service providers. So that's, you know, platforms, uh, communication platforms as a service, that's call center as a service, 
as unified communications as a service providers. And all those models have have different approaches and uh, use cases and, you know, who they're trying to target, but they're all large. Uh, they're all large scale. They're all multi-tenant. And, you know, if they're running hundreds of thousands of, uh, of users on the recording, simultaneous users uh, through their system for recording, then they have large scale problems with, okay, what are we going to do with the data once we generate a billion or two or three billion records? They, so even these cloud guys that have that command control for the system will say, well, you know, it's actually less expensive for us than to, to move this into uh, a bucket in, in Amazon or in Azure, and they can maintain it for us because they can maintain it for less than we can do it ourselves. So, you know, you get some of these hybrid models at scale with the way these companies balance out their engineering costs. All right. Thanks for that little uh, detour with me into some of the uh, tech sides and uh, enterprise hardware sides of our broader conversation today. To bring it back in to something a little more timely, I want to intersect some COVID context. I know we're all pretty much done talking about COVID, but uh, there, are, there are some ramifications and domino effects, I think, that still apply. I feel like a big one here is going to be changes to the workplace. COVID-19 brought an unprecedented era of remote and hybrid work at scale. I'm curious what you think enterprise audio capture's role is going to be in this new work world, especially as that hybrid dynamic continues. You'll have some employees at home, some in the office, some coming in uh, infrequently to the office, sort of a half and half structure. Uh, and also for the full remote workforces that used to be in office and required uh, all that in-office infrastructure and are now dedicated to actually our entire workforce uh, is going to be working from their living room now. <laughs> what does that look like, right? Where does enterprise audio fit into that renewed and um, changing hybridized workplace? Well, you know, it's it's. I think you're you're absolutely right. It changed during COVID, and, and from what we've heard from our customers, it will it'll it'll bounce back a little bit. But let's say if 100% of your workforce went remote, you might get 20, 30% back. What some of the our large scale enterprise customers are saying, and you know, obviously the cloud guys are growing, but you know they're growing with. Uh, increasing demands on on maybe what their customer expectations are now. No longer are they just ten to fifteen person small enterprises, but these could be people that are saying, "Hey, I, I need more enterprise class call recording." The enterprises and and the cloud providers that are having to provide different levels of capabilities now. What like what that kind of means to us as a audio capture. Uh, provider, you know, a platform is that we'll have to continue to support our cloud partners, but in more sophisticated ways. And that's where they can leverage the openness to get to collaboration, uh, ecosystem partners, maybe to enhance their offering. What that means for the enterprise is the enterprise that was primarily premise, but now is a combination of premise and uh and work at home while well, we have to work in both those environments. So it might mean capturing from a, a traditional premise-based phone system as well as some of the uh, network sort of equipment that's passing that data on uh, because we're really supporting two environments. And then eventually, you know, there's going to be organizations that have a combination of cloud, premise, and 
this distributed at home workforce. So you'll have to be able to, as an enterprise capture uh, platform, be able to work with all of those systems, not with three different systems, but in the context of, hey, I've got a single system that can manage all three of these different approaches in a single platform to create efficiency for the end user. And then the end user, of course, is, is making all the decisions about how to use and repurpose that data. Because again, it goes back to being open and giving them access and, and them having control over it. Does that answer that for you? No, yeah, that, that definitely answered. Thank you, Steve. What I want to do now is speak on something that we've talked on before in our conversations on Market Scale Radio, but that would be the difference between an open source style audio capture software versus a more black box solution. We've done a whole discussion on this, so I encourage folks to scroll back through all of our episodes and find that or give Oryx a uh, search on MarketScale or on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, but Steve, just to expand on this, what would you say are the benefits of a truly modern and more specifically open and modular platform for these enterprise needs? And how does that compare to black box solutions for enterprise audio capture? does either have a tangible effect on the quality or the efficiency or the um, the ROI on investing on an enterprise-level audio capture software? Yeah, that's a good point. So if you've just asked about specifically our modern and open approach versus proprietary black, block, black box approaches for uh, enterprise capture, it, it's really simple. The, the first you know, major... Uh, deficiency with the black box approach is they might do cloud, they might do, they might do premise, but they can't do them together, and they have a hard time with hybrid. So uh, they're just learning some of that capability where uh, modern and open systems we've been doing that for you know over a decade or so. So they, they've got a learning curve. Uh, Multi-tenancy is not in their in the language there. You know they're building these boxes for a call center or for a, you know whatever operation they are. So they they built them, purpose built them. You know it's like a drag car. You can race a car. A drag car does pretty well when you're just going straight away. But if you need to like <laughs> go through a, a twisty, turny road, that thing's going to last a a mile or two before it blows up on you. Well. Yeah, these companies are very rigid with their design, so they have a super hard time, you know, managing. Okay, so now they have to manage cloud, premise, hybrid. They have to manage at scale, multi-tenancy. Uh, they don't share their data, so it still leaves the the end user customer locked into their solution, and in the whole world is is essentially open. Uh, I mean, the analogy would be like if, if, if a point of service uh, retail device were to collect information and they couldn't share that information with their corporate office unless they got permission or unless they got professional services help to move it over there. That's essentially what's going on in the, in the call center world, in the black box world. They're, they have things called extraction fees to access data on your own system. They charge you sometimes a half a million dollars just to access information that you already own. I mean, I don't get that, right? So I think when the big picture gets painted, when people start thinking about modern and open and they start thinking about these black boxes, uh, definitely people are moving in the direction of modern and open because of the 
There's strategic benefits to it, meaning they can support all their environments. There's technical benefits to it. You know, it's a single system versus very many proprietary systems. It's standards-based, so there's universal skill sets that can be leveraged across the enterprise. There's economic benefits, you know, acquisition, maintenance, evergreen, you know, always being upgraded for free. Uh, agile, being able to move quickly as the environment changes. And finally, the, you know, the big one, the big important one is you, you know, there's a collaborative benefit of if you have access to your data, you can share it with anybody. And if you can share it with anybody, you can create value in ways that you can't imagine right now. So that's, that's, yeah, that's the way I'd preface it or the way I would, I guess, frame it. I think that's also going to be a pivotal part of how we see enterprise audio capture continue to take hold. Obviously, if it's easy to use, easy to implement and integrate, that is uh, top of mind for a lot of end users. And I think in a lot of ways, black box solutions appear to do that better because, hey, you know, we're ordering something that's kind of plug and play. Everything is contained. We don't need to think about the modularity of this too hard. Uh, just get us something that works and, you know, we'll be happy. But I think in a lot of ways, enterprise needs aren't that cut and dry. They're not that black and white. They're a little more gray area. And as scale is self-defined and defined very differently for different industries and different companies and different departments within those companies, I think it makes sense to encourage and support some level of modularity. Uh, so I think it's just really all about educating the end user to make sure they can maximize that. Yeah. And I probably... Uh point to underscore that is uh, Nextiva is a customer of ours and they're a large-scale unified communications uh, service provider. Well, they can scale multiple thousands of users every quarter and uh, all they have to do is stand up an instance and have a report to a, a, you know, a user interface, a database system. That's all they have to do. In the other world, it would be a two-week project, maybe longer, uh, tens of thousands of dollars or more to uh, put that system up, probably running, uh, probably setting up different systems because it couldn't handle that scale. So in the other world, it, it's not plug and play. It takes heavy lift from the professional services group. It takes time, it takes money, and it creates operating inefficiencies, particularly as you go at scale. If you're a small mom and pop, may hey, go for the black box plug-in. If you got you know, 200 or less users. But if you're talking in scales of hundreds of thousands or a couple hundred thousand users, that model is, it's broken. Those guys can't survive building that, building on those kind of those hierarchical stacks of software that only a few people know how to use. All right. Last but not least, Steve, let's real quick give your elevator pitch strategies on some of the following aspects for actually getting an enterprise audio capture system integrated at scale and integrated efficiently. So let's start here. Launching and integrating an enterprise audio capture software at scale. I know that kind of uh, kind of basically the whole point of the conversation, but if you had to give, you know, one to three basic key strategies here for launching this software at scale, what would they be? hit our audience with them. Well, I would I would say the first one is if you're an enterprise, look at your operating groups, if you have multiple operating groups, and then you have to look at each of those groups as, as are they, yeah, I guess the biggest picture, what telephony platform or platforms are everybody on? So you could have a single platform or you might have 
let's say, 10 different platforms. So then you have to create an efficiency uh, design, an architecture that says this is the most efficient way to capture across the enterprise. So that's the very first piece that you have to do. And then once you capture it at scale, then you make the determination of, okay, well, how am I going to manage this at scale? Am I going to have a distributed, 10 distributed systems that report to a single system? Am I going to have a single system located in one place? And that could be related to the way the architecture is set up. And then I think the, the most important part of it are what are the use cases for, for the data that I capture? Are they all internal? Do I need to involve third parties with them? And if I need to involve third parties with them, where do I get the most bang for the buck, right? Where, where do I remove the most risk out of the equation? Where do I get the, uh, ensure the best amount of compliance? Where do I improve my performance the best? So those, are, those would be the things I do. One is the architecture of where you're going to capture it efficiently at scale. Two is how are you going to operate and manage the system so it's more of an internal operating discussion. And then three is how you're going to repurpose that data uh, across the, the various operating nodes in your organization that allows them to achieve the best results. And then, and then ultimately is, it. I guess this goes without saying, but all organizations are concerned about security and privacy and you know how do I do that in a manner that makes sure I'm in the boundaries of all the various security and compliance regulations around the world. All righty. Some quick strategies also on how to educate all parties on the technical specifics of the platforms to maximize this data capture and analysis from the software. Again, uh, with a modular sort of uh, open source platform, I think it's going to take some specific focus around making sure everyone understands how that modularity can work for them and making sure that it doesn't feel like a labyrinth, but, uh, you know, a plethora of opportunities. So again, some quick strategies on how to educate necessary parties on the tech specifics of these platforms to really maximize them. Well, the, um, the, the platform itself is agnostic on, uh, on where, what kind of CPU, whether it's a virtual server or bare metal server, whether it's on your premise or in the cloud, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, the databases are agnostic on the database. You know, what database do you use? Are you Oracle shop? Are you a Microsoft shop? Are you a MySQL shop? Are you another shop? So at the very beginning, it's the architectural design of, okay, how do I fit this into the way I operate? That's really the first thing that you do. That's the simplest thing to do. And then the the next part of it, when you think, start thinking about the application, well, what are the important pieces? You know, there's let's say there's three modules. Okay, I just need audio capture because the only thing I'm doing is real-time authentication for voice security. Okay, so you don't even need a user interface. The audio capture engine passes it to a third-party engine, which tells... Uh, your CRM system, they start processing this call. It's a low-risk call. It might be, you know, the next module might be, well, I need a, a basic recording interface to this because I need to search calls or I need this this call to be, uh, uh, I, I need to pass this information to a third-party analytics tool, and the third-party analytics tool is going to automatically tag the recording UI with the spots in the conversation that we've pre-identified that's important to us. So that's the, you know, another use case. And then the, it might be as simple as, you know, 
one other module in there or not even having the module, but on the enterprise classes, how do I use your REST API, the full context of it? I would like my speech analytics vendor to control your application because the information they present to me is way more valuable than the information you can present to me, which is called recording information. They can present to me called recording information that's been digested and already have had value added to it. So when you're setting up the system, those are you know some of the things you need to think about. And it's uh, again, it for people that are used to thinking of I've got to buy everything from one person to now, oh geez, I can design and build something that meets my requirements for each of my different uh, operating groups, it becomes a little bit of a challenge that way. Uh, I guess educating them on the, the capabilities and uh, essentially no limit to what you can do if you control a system as opposed to asking permission to use your system. All right. Last question for you, Steve. Give us some quick strategies for how to make this software a collaborative one for the professionals that use it every day. Again, since it's so modular, so open-ended, and something that impacts often multiple professionals in different departments at different levels in a company, it's important to, I think, from the beginning, foster the uh, the notion that this technology can be collaborative, and even if the data is relatively siloed to one department and its needs, that data can be used to influence other professionals needs and there can be a lot of innovation and growth that comes out of that so thoughts there what are your strategies on how to make audio capture software collaborative communicative and constructive for the professionals that use it every day well we have uh, organizations that will use our software uh, like say from a quality perspective they'll they will uh, use an analytics tool to uh, uh, create the you know the structure of the data uh, to rate the data you know, so automate the quality piece of their business. And then the pieces that look the best, then they share those pieces through the organization. So that's done in an automated fashion with very little, very little touching. So the, the big point there is traditionally quality systems can help you, you, you sample a very small percentage of your interactions under 5% because that's all you're capable of doing with the people that you have. Now, if you start applying AI and tools through from uh, third-party systems out there, speech analytics, you can automate 100% of your quality, review 100% of your calls for quality, and then start sharing and uh, let people collaborate and talk about the, the ones that have been successful and, and pr- frankly, probably look at the ones that weren't successful too and analyze why they, they, they failed as well. So that's one way to collaborate with the data. Uh, the other one I mentioned earlier is you'll see organizations that will pass this information in real time to a third-party tool that they can then uh, make decisions about what parts of that call are important and relevant, tag it, uh, and maybe even insert a, uh, if they're listening to the call, pass back uh, automation tools that tell them what to say at a certain point in the call. So now they're uh, I want to know if they're collaborating with each other, but certain systems is is allowing the the customer and the data systems and the I guess the universe of their knowledge to to be shared across the enterprise uh, in a true collaborative sense, like a conference call tool where a bunch of people get on the phone at one time. Of course, you can record those and you can do analytics on it, uh, but the uh, the recording is more of uh, I've got a raw source of data. And then once I add structure and meaning to it, 
uh, I can, you know, it's really almost limitless the number of ways you can repurpose and use that data and whether it falls in a collaborative category or quality or risk management or other. I think that's probably left to the, the end user. But as we've said, we've seen some interesting use cases where our customers collaborate on the data in some of those ways that I mentioned. It's just, you know, having access to it and being able to share it and pass it back and forth between various systems and augment and add value to it. It's like, wow, you know, it gives them the light bulb goes off for these, uh, these individual companies that they, they're like, we can do things that we could never imagine we could have done before. And that is the, you know, the golden egg, right? When you can get that kind of result from integrating this technology at scale, you know, that, it is truly being supportive and I think creates a lot of potential for how it can grow with an organization. I think like a lot of other investments, audio enterprise um, software, audio capture software can really be a focused part of business strategies, can be uh, a useful tool across various strategies for padding the bottom line or for growing the business or for expanding reach, verticals, you know, um, retaining customers. I mean, it, it is a tool that is very flexible naturally because of uh, just the many different use cases it can be applied to. So I think as more businesses apply this at scale, they can, you know, be optimistic that the investment is not going to be for naught and the investment is in something that is necessarily flexible and adaptive and that can be a useful piece of various strategies for that company moving forward. The simplest way to think about it becomes a fundamental layer of your software stack when you're building out your enterprise communication strategy recording is a layer. And then once you divest yourself from the application mentality and the you know, buying everything in a, in a box and from a single vendor to where, hey, I've got this piece of software, uh, it's a fundamental piece of my architecture, my communication strategy, because I can use this data in, in any way I decide to use it now I because I have the ownership and control of the system and the data. So shifting from you know the one model where I'm going to go for one person for all of it to it's it's my strategy, it's my software layer and I'm going to build what I need for the use cases that I require inside of my company. That's the big the paradigm shift. All righty, Steve. I think on that note, we're going to go ahead and wrap up our conversation. So thank you again to Steve Kaiser, co-founder and CEO of Orex, for joining us on another Market Scale Radio conversation. Steve, it's been a pleasure getting you back on. Thank you for joining us. Well, my pleasure. Thank you. And if folks want to find out more about Orex, how can they do so? Where can they get in touch? Uh, our website, orex.com, O-R-E-C-X, OpenRecordingSystems.com. That's what it stands for, kind of like Linux. So uh, they can find us there and, uh, again, find us on market scale if you want to learn a little bit about what we've talked about in the past. And we're happy to have a conversation with you if you'd want like to talk about uh, anything from, you know, small help desk to enterprise audio capture. We're your, we're your company. Fantastic. Steve, thanks again. It's been a pleasure. Yep. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Market Scale Radio. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, make sure that you're heading to our website, marketscale.com. Make sure to check out Orex's site as well, O-R-E-C-X.com. 
and subscribe to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you next time. 